If you have your Bibles, turn with you, if you would, to the Gospel of John, chapter 4. I will ask you once you get there to leave your Bibles open. These days we add or your electronic devices to that scripture text. John chapter 4, beginning at verse 39. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him, be in Jesus, believed on Jesus, for the saying of the woman which testified, he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. And they said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Would you stretch your hand this direction and pray God's blessing and anointing upon his servant and upon his word today. Let's pray together. Father, we bless you. Thank you for the privilege that we have to stand before you to share the gospel. Lord, right now we realize the inability of our own flesh. But as the Apostle Paul wrote, he said, I know in whom I have believed. And I know that you can touch and minister in a special way, in a powerful way that is unique to your anointing and your spirit. And so, Lord, today, hide me behind the cross. Let the word that is communicated, may it bring glory and honor to you. And for these things, we give you thanks and we give you praise. In Jesus' precious and holy name. And the church said, Amen. Are you a believer? Turn to the one next to you and ask him, Are you a believer? We're in a society and in a time that, quite frankly, places very little emphasis on value system. And it's imperative that we, that we teach the truth of the Word of God that will truly transform our lives for eternity. You see, salvation is an easy gift to receive. But beware, for there are many deceitful substitutions to the real plan of salvation as outlined in the Scripture. In the verses today, you will see a pattern of a true belief system in a person's heart. You ask the question to anyone, do you believe in God? 
99% of the time, they're going to say, of course I do. Do you believe in the life and death of Jesus Christ? Absolutely. Does the world really understand what it means to believe in Jesus Christ as personal Savior and Lord? It becomes my calling and my challenge to make sure that every soul present and those that are watching online, that we realize the implications and the results of knowing and believing in Jesus Christ as personal Savior and Lord. It is the church's calling to teach what it means to believe. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, the Scripture says, If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Believing is a work of the heart. Acts 16.31 teaches us, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your household. Believing. But hear this preacher today, there is a difference in believing about Jesus and believing in Jesus. Believing about Jesus will not change you from the inside out. But believing in Jesus will radically change your life forevermore. The story found in the Samaritan city here of Sychar, Jesus has met a woman at Jacob's well. He's waiting for the disciples to return. They've gone into the city to find uh, some food and they're coming back and and while he's waiting, he meets this woman at the well, and he begins to tell her some remarkable things about her life. He knew these remarkable things because he was God in the flesh. It was divine revelation to him. And in that encounter, he granted unto her spiritual living water. He granted her eternal life where she would never thirst again. She got saved. She became a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, to make clear, she may have heard stories about this prophet, about this teacher, about this rabbi, and maybe inside she believed that she she believed things that she heard about Jesus that were circulated. But on this day, she met Jesus and she believed in Jesus. And Jesus transformed her life. And she ran back to town as quickly as she could. And she shouted the words for everybody to hear. Come see a man which told me all things I have ever done. Is not this the Christ? She may have believed stories about him and continued to live life unchanged. But I'm telling you, the day she met the master, her life would never be the same again. Now she's become an evangelist, actually the first lady evangelist of the New Testament. And as she has shared now, the, the population of the whole town 
gets excited and they want to meet this man she's talking about. And so they, they all leave the town limits of Sychar and they come running over the hillside toward Jesus and, and where the disciples and Jesus are at the well. And the people are coming to meet Jesus for themselves. And when they came to meet Jesus for themselves, it transformed their lives. A revival came to the whole Samaritan city. And the whole Samaritan city of, of Sychar was was changed because they believed in Jesus for themselves. Now, there's three things that I want to show you about believing, about believing that leads to genuine transformation, and it's found in these verses of Scripture. The first thing I want you to see is that when a person truly believes in Jesus, it will bring about confession. When she told the people of the town of her encounter, they believed about Jesus. They wanted to go see. They were intrigued. They were like, wow, this is exciting. Let's go meet this prophet. We've heard about him from other people, maybe in neighboring towns. And now this woman says that, that she's met him. Let's go see. Uh, that, that Let's go meet him for ourselves. That he could tell her things about her life. That he had spiritual insight into her life and could enlighten them at well as well. But at this point, when they've heard it, there's been no transformation in their lives while they were in town. There's only been enlightenment. Can I tell you something today? Information will is not transformation. And yet, on the other hand, information will lead to transformation. And, and so the townspeople, while they were in town, they believed about Jesus. And, and how often do you and I encounter people that know a lot about the works of God, and they've heard a lot about the one named Jesus. And as important as it is for them to hear your words and my words, your witness and my witness are part of their journey. The goal is they're not going to be transformed by our words. We need to bring them to an encounter where they hear the words of Jesus that can truly change their lives for all of eternity. A.W. Tozer wrote it like this. He said, we can know the right words, yet never be changed. This is the difference between information and transformation. And can I tell you, we're living in a culture that is post-Christian culture. We're living in a culture where everybody talks about God, but very few people know God in a personal relationship. And that's why they have got to hear your words and my words. They've got to know your story. It's important for you to share your story. It's important for you to share your life-changing testimony, but always realize that your testimony will not change them. It is, in fact, the words of Jesus that will transform them and turn them into a new creature in Christ Jesus. In verse 42 of that chapter, you read, this is what they said, after they encountered the Lord for themselves, they said, now we believe, not because of your saying, for we have heard him for ourselves. I'm telling you, our world needs to hear from God. Our, our, our county needs to hear the words of Jesus. It starts when we share what God has done for us. It begins to pique the people's interest that we come in contact with, and then we have an opportunity to lead them to an encounter with one whose words that can change them and transform them for all 
of eternity. I'm telling you, when a person truly believes in the Lord, it will cause confession to well up and come forth from them. Can someone say amen? Believing about the incarnation, the virgin birth, friend, that will not save you. Believing in his miracles, that will not save you. Believing that he was a great preacher, that will not transform your life. You need to meet Jesus for yourself. I can tell you about Jesus, and you can believe what I tell you, but that belief about Jesus is not sufficient, and alone it will be fatal. You see, many struggle with the Bible. Many struggle with embracing the Bible in its entirety. And on the other hand, millions of people believe the Bible is true, but they do not believe in the Jesus of the Bible. And they are lost. They're lost. They're as lost as any depraved sinner there is if they've not had a personal encounter with the Lord. You see, believing about Jesus makes him a good prophet. Believing about Jesus makes him a good teacher, a good miracle worker. But praise God, believing in Jesus makes him your high priest, which forgives and erases your sins and absolves the guilt that has come from the sinful life that you have lived. I'm telling you, believing in Jesus makes him your spotless lamb that brings about salvation, that causes your name to be written in the Lamb's book of life. Let me just sidestep right here and say that what we need between now and November 3rd is not a look at the donkey or the elephant. We need to once again behold the spotless Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. We need to believe in Jesus. True belief takes place. Now listen, when true belief takes place, you cannot help but confess to every soul that you meet. You will be unashamed of the gospel that has transformed your life and your heart. Oh, Lord, help me preach this morning. You see, I believe that a person can backslide and lose out with God. But I also think the church has failed in one area where we have attached the label of backsliding to someone who never really made a sincere commitment to Christ because they truly didn't believe. When you truly believe in Jesus, you become a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away, and all things become new. There's too many. They didn't backslide because they never really started a relationship with the Lord. I'm preaching good here. Because too many are sorry, but it isn't godly sorrow. And only godly sorrow will work repentance. You know, sometimes people tell me, I'll be praying for you. And you know enough about them, and you want to say, you don't want to be rude. 
You want to say pass. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You know, they live like the devil. And then they're going to pray for you. Pass. I'm good. Well, I, I believe in God. No, you believe about God. You don't believe in God because if you believed in God, you wouldn't be living that heinous lifestyle you're living. And yet, trying to profess that you're this great believer. <laughs> Lord Jesus, help me. When you believe in Jesus, Christian is who you are. Christian is how you think. Christian is how you act. When you believe in Jesus, Jesus' name is boldly in your vocabulary. It's in your prayers. It's in your dialogue. You're unashamed of Jesus for he has washed away your sins. He's written your name down in the Lamb's book of life. When you truly believe in the Lord, it brings about a confession that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And you don't care who knows it. Well, I'm religious. No, you're unsaved. Well, I've got religion. No, you're deceived. Religion will not get you into heaven. Religion is a belief about Jesus. Only thing that's going to get you into heaven is a belief in Jesus that changes you from the inside out. Those townspeople heard about Jesus, but that didn't change them. It caused them to run up over the hill, down the other side, till they got to the well, and then when they heard him for themselves, their lives were changed just like hers was. There's too many that profess Christ that gives Christianity a bad name because the world sees right through them. They know you're playing the game. They know you're saying the right words. But they also know that you really don't possess what you're professing. On to number two. That was just point one. Belief in Jesus brings about a confession. The second thing about believing in Jesus, it brings about a desire for more of Jesus. When you really believe in Jesus, and a true transformation takes place, you want more of Jesus. You want more Jesus than you want more alcohol. You want more Jesus than you want more boyfriend. Hello. You want more Jesus than you want more money. When you believe in Jesus, and you see the pattern right here, 
As soon as the townspeople came out of Sychar and they had an encounter with the Lord and they heard his words and he changed their lives, you know what they said? They begged him. The King James says they besought him, but translated, they begged him that he would tarry with them. We just want you to stay. We don't want you to go any further. You've changed our lives. We don't care about anything else. We just want to be in your presence. He abode there for two more days. He did. They would have loved for him to stay on permanently. But he abode there for two more days. <laughs> let, me, let me be clear this morning. God knows the thoughts and the intents of every single heart listening via Facebook and live stream. He knows the thoughts and the intents of every person in this room. Hebrews says everything is naked and manifest before him with whom we have to do. So you have no relationship with Jesus if you come to the altar simply so you won't go to hell, but then you go out and live like the devil. You may believe about Jesus, but that will not save you. I've played the game, trust me, it don't work. When you believe in Jesus, you will want more of him, his words, his presence, his peace, his joy, his communion, his comfort, his will, everything about him, you will want more. You will want more, want more of his songs. You'll start singing his songs and some of, instead of some of the honky-tonk nonsense that you, live, that you hear out in the world. Now, I'm going to go ahead and throw caution uh, to the wind, and I'm doing it not because I don't care, but because actually because I do care. But I'm burdened. I'm going to look straight in the camera and say it. I'm burdened for several of you that are out there because while there are many of you out there that are legitimately legitimately out for health reasons legitimately out there for cautious reasons legitimately out there because the medical field says you need to pace yourself I know that there are some people that are listening and watching this very moment or will watch this afternoon and you have used COVID as a crutch but I'm telling you if you truly believe in Jesus you will want to be in the presence of Jesus if you truly believe in Jesus, you will say I was glad when they said unto me let us go into the house of the Lord. There is no internet, no Facebook live that can take the place of God's people coming together on the Lord's day to experience him. I was talking to a pastor friend this week. He's in the same boat. We all are pastors. Pastors in the same boat. We really don't know how to shepherd our people right now. We really don't know how to care for people. Because we don't know who's laying out a church legitimate and who's laying out a church illegitimate. I'm preaching the truth, and I guarantee there'll be people that'll never dot the doorway of this church again. They're offended with me right now. They can go to Walmart and the mall. They can make a trip to the beach and to Claytor Lake. But somehow, when the Lord's Day rolls around, oh, we can't go because of COVID. Bless God, we got to stay away from COVID. Give me a break. 
You have allowed this to get in the way of your relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm telling you right now, you need to go back to an altar of repentance and say, God, I just want to believe in you once again. And when you rise up from there, you'll say, I have a desire. I'm no longer going to forsake the assembling together of the brethren, but I'm going to get in the house of God because the day of the Lord is in fact approaching and I want to be ready. will desire some quiet time in prayer every day with him. You will daily read his word because you want to hear what he has to say. I have not heard the audible voice of God. I haven't. If you have, that's awesome. But every time I open the Bible, God talks to me. You can't believe in Jesus through your preacher one half of an hour or a little longer today maybe every Sunday and ignore Jesus the rest of the week and call yourself having a relationship with him. You talk to him through prayer, he talks to you through the word. Guaranteed. If you believe in Jesus, he'll be first in your home, your marriage, your finances, your workplace, your lifestyle, your conversation. He'll be Lord of everything in your life. You can't. That, it's, it's the result of truly believing in Jesus. So you can't negotiate around the truth. Truth hurts. Truth stings, but truth saves. Man, I'm telling you, I was looking at this, and some revelation really just jumped into my spirit. You see, because you, just a little bit of history here, these Samaritans from Sychar, they weren't truly Jewish people. They were a mixed breed, a mixed race of people. They had some Jewish blood in them, but they had other from other nationalities. And so the Jewish people despised the Samaritans. They called them half-breeds. They were condescending toward them. I looked at this. In the city of Sychar in John chapter 4, I don't, I don't read one place where Jesus raised anyone from the dead or made the crippled people walk or helped the blind to see. Why? Because the Samaritans could care less whether he performed a miracle or not. They just wanted to spend time with the Lord. You don't need a reason to spend time with Jesus. You just, just a simple reality that you love him with all your heart. 
Every time when Jesus was around the Jews, his father's chosen people. Every time Jesus was around them, they were wanting a miracle. Show us a sign. In fact, he said to him one day, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. These same people, Brother Kennedy, wanted to see a miracle from Jesus. These Jewish people, they were also the same people that drove him out. They were also the same people that tried to throw him from a cliff. But without miracles, the Samaritans were inviting him to stay. Jews didn't want to hear the truth and often wanted to stone Jesus. The Samaritans asked the one who could read their mail and reprove them and correct them to stay with them. One writer put it like this. Many flock to someone who will tell them their fortune, but these flocked to one who could expose their faults and their frailties. My God. We need to know who we believe in. If you've ever, ever questioned your belief system, you better get it right now. There is media and causes and propagandas and all these things trying to pit us against each other. You listen loud enough, you'd almost think we're on the verge of another civil war in our country. But I will stand flat-footed and say, I believe only in Jesus. And on Christ's solid rock I stand, and all other ground is sinking sand. So, belief in Jesus leads to confession, as we see from the townspeople there. Belief in Jesus drives us to long to be in his presence. And then the last thing I want to share with you is that when you truly believe in Jesus, I believe it gives you a burden for the whole world. This is, this is great. Notice their words very carefully. They met Jesus, Jesus changed their life, and this is what they said. We, the Samaritans, know that indeed this is the Christ, the Savior of the whole world, the Savior of the world. Interesting, interesting words, interesting words. For a people who were despised by other nationalities, Samaritan people were hated people. They were interracial people. The Jews thought they were the only ones. You know, they were the children of Abraham. One time Jesus looked at him and said, look, God's able to raise out of these rocks children for Abraham, from Abraham. These Jews considered the Samaritans outcast people. They had no dialogue with them. The Jews would see God as their savior of their race. They're, they're, they're not like us. They don't act like us. But these hated Samaritans look at Jesus and say, you are the Savior of the whole world. We believe that you are the Savior of the whole world. Now, this is important. Watch this. This is great. 
it, this, this phrase only occurs one other place in the New Testament. One other place. John, a disciple of Jesus, was as Jewish as they come. But there was one time, John looked at Jesus, they were passing by a different Samaritan town, and he said, Lord, them half-breeds over there, if you'll give me permission, I'll call fire down from heaven and consume that Samaritan city. (laughs) The Lord rebuked him. Watch this. Later in life, much later in life, this same John would write these words in 1 John 4.14. God's son to be the savior of the world. My man John was quoting Samaritans. People that he would have just as soon burned up at one time. You're talking about eating your words. But that's what believing in Jesus will do for you. When you believe in Jesus, you truly believe in Jesus. You won't have time for prejudice and bigotry toward any race, gender, or social class because it will be your goal to introduce anyone to the Savior of the world. You won't be a man condescending to a woman. You won't be a Caucasian that's prejudiced against an African American or vice versa. You won't be the poor despising the rich or the rich looking down on the poor. And let me say this. Be careful that you don't become a Republican hating on the Democrats. Ooh, I felt a groan. I heard a groan that time. Somebody went, mmm. We get zealous. We get passionate. We can get mean. We're going to stand for our cause, bless God. There ain't no way that Jesus loves the Democrats. That's how some of us live, if we're not careful. Come on, now you know I'm preaching the truth. I feel like I'm in a racquetball court right now. It's bouncing all around me and on top of me and everything else. But if we truly believe in Jesus, we embrace and follow the pattern that he is the Savior of the whole world. You will have a burden. You actually want, when you believe in Jesus, you want others to believe in Jesus. You want to follow his example. You want to follow his pattern. You know, I, I, I'm getting ready to close. But it's interesting when you trace the Lord's three and a half year journey on the earth, if you've ever done it before. It's, it's also, also interesting that the Lord's example is just as powerful as his teaching. Think about that. The teachings of Jesus are life-changing. But the example of Jesus is just as powerful. And I saw something, and, and it just excited my spirit. I looked in the Gospel of John, 
And if you want to write this down and, and fact check me on it, in John 2.23, Jesus is in Jerusalem. In John 3.22, Jesus is in Judea. In John chapter 4 and verse 4, Jesus is in Samaria. He's traveled in that order from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria. You say, what's the significance of that? Well, let me tell you something. He's going to practice what he preaches. And he's going to follow through with his example, what he commands for every one of us. And if you remember correctly, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, when he was given the commission, he said, you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. In other words, do as I command and follow my example. Well, I'm okay with Jerusalem. That's the church, folks. Half of them sitting in the church, we won't get them saved. I don't mind working on them. And Judea, that's right here in our town. Yeah, we, we don't mind working on them. They're our neighbors, they're our friends. But Samaria sometimes means a different race than you, a different socioeconomic class than you. <laughs> but if you really believe in Jesus, then you understand he is the Savior of the whole world. The whole world. You follow his footsteps and listen to his command. Time is short. Time is so, so short. And I'm so burdened. So burdened that we understand what believing in Jesus really is. That we don't fall into a trap. And we come to the end of our days. And we find out that all we have done is believe about Jesus. That we never had a relationship with the Lord. I don't know how plainer Jesus can get when people in the New Testament he confronts them and he says there are going to be those that stand at the judgment and they said did we not cast out demons in your name did we not heal the sick and what is he going to say depart from me why I never knew you in other words, we never had a relationship. You believed about me, but you didn't believe in me. Let me ask the questions. For you personally, for me. When you stand at the judgment, first will you have confessed that you believe in Jesus? Second, will you have longed to spend time with Jesus while you were on the earth? And thirdly, will you have desired that all people that you meet, meet Jesus like you did? Are you a believer? 
true believer. I'll close with this. It was Adrian Rogers. He penned these words. He said, when you leave this world, all you have, you will leave behind. But all that you are, you will take with you. Brother Weaver, I want everybody in my neighborhood, everyone in the church, in the town, I want them to know that I'm a believer. But no matter what people know about me, there is one that knows exactly who I am. You can't hide it under a rock with him. You can't throw it into the closet like dirty clothes and not think that the door in the closet will ever be open. Let me tell you, there is no door to the closet. It's off the hinges. He knows what you believe. Father, in this room, those watching on their phone, their desktop, their laptop, anyone and everyone that hears the voice of this pastor has a belief system. Lord, you know those that believe in you. It's led to their confession. It's led to their desire to want to spend more time with you. It's led to their heart that wants to see you be the Savior of the whole world. Lord, you also know those who are going through the motions and quite frankly are playing the game. Mom is snowed, dad is deceived. Family and friends, all they see is the veneer. Why? Because man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. Holy Spirit, even this very moment, you have confronted folks with their belief system. My God, my God, I sense your spirit. I've left it all out there. When I stand at the judgment seat of Christ, some of my works may be wood, hay, and stubble, but on September 27, 2020, in the midst of such a chaotic world, the absolute truth of the gospel has been declared. I pray that he or she that has an ear 
they would hear what the Spirit is saying to their heart. Every head's bowed and every eye's closed, no one looking around. You say, preacher, this word was for me. Some things ain't right between me and Jesus, and I need to get them right today. No one's looking around. You just slip up your hand and put it right back down. A heart. Something's wrong in my heart. Holy Ghost from heaven. Convict and compel. You don't condemn, but you do convict. Those that are watching this morning, Lord, I pray for them. I extend my hand in their direction right now. There is no limitation to where God's Spirit can go. <laughs> Conviction of heaven, settle in at that kitchen table. Settle in at, on that couch, on that lunch break at work. compel someone to go beyond believing about Jesus to believing in Jesus. Do a work of transformation right there. For anyone that is lost and undone, anyone that is away from the Lord, a right relationship with Jesus simply begins with saying, Lord, I am lost in sin. And I need a Savior. And I believe that what you did on the cross was for my salvation, my redemption, my restoration. Please forgive me and come into or return to my heart. In Jesus' name. Would you stand to your feet all over this house? Would you just, would you just take a moment? I'm going to ask Brother Fred Myers in just a moment to come and dismiss us in prayer. But before we do that, I, I it's my, my hope and my confidence that everybody in this room is, is right and ready to meet God, that you believe in Jesus. But would you just take a moment and just close your eyes and if you feel comfortable, lift your hands. Say, Lord, I surrender all to you. I want more time with you. I've been checked in my spirit today about some of the areas in my life that I've been slipping in. Some things that I should be doing that I've omitted and some things that I have been doing that I shouldn't be doing. God, it's coming between me and you. And Lord, I ask you to search my heart. I'm your child. I long for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad I believe in Jesus. 
Is anybody else in the house glad that they believe in Jesus? It's led to a confession. It's led to a desire for more of him. It's led to wanting to tell others that he is the Savior of the whole world. Brother Fred, come on. God bless you. Remain standing for prayer.